This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Unnecessary roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down, end zone, touchdown, touchdown, Raiders! Would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. And here we are in studio on this Friday. We're coming in hot. Demond Cotton, he's behind the wheels of steel making everything happen. I'm your boy, Q. We got four fantastic guests that I'm looking forward to talking to on today's show. Of course, Raider Nation, we always want to hear from you as well. Raider Nation listener line, 702-365-9200. Sam and Ash text line, 69187, keyword R-N-R. Coming off the heels of JT the Brick, did a fantastic job. Got to hear from Coach Rich Basaccia in the weekly coaches interview, one-on-one, JT and Rich. That was a, a, a really good interview, probably about seven or eight minutes. Rich Basaccia is not one that, that really goes into great detail and talks real long, but I uh, thought that was a really good one-on-one interview, JT and Rich Basaccia. That was in the last hour, but like I said, we have four fantastic guests that I'm looking forward to uh, talking to earlier today. Rich Basaccia met with the media about 12.25, 12.30-ish around that time. And that, that media session was over quick, fast, and in a hurry. I think it was about four and a half minutes total. Uh, he came out and let it be known that Ty, Tyree Gillespie was going to miss on Sunday's game. He's out. He's got a hamstring injury. And Nick Kukowski, he's out as well. The middle linebacker, he's already been ruled out. Amik Robertson is doubtful. And then Keyshawn Nixon is doubtful as well. So those two guys would not be surprised to not see them play on Sunday, but uh, really wasn't a whole lot to do. Uh, but the interview, like I said, uh, that uh, JT did with Basaccia was, was uh, I thought, a little bit more informative. So uh, definitely, if you did not hear that, go back and check it out, lvsportsnetwork.com. You could always find any of our shows that we do here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Now, I told you about the media session, not because there was some earth-shattering information that came out of it, but while we were sitting there, myself, Vinny Bonsignor, uh, Tashawn Reed, Heidi Fang was there, Adam Hill was there, you know, uh, amongst others were there. And all of a sudden the news came out that John Gruden is suing the NFL. John Gruden is suing Roger Goodell uh, because of everything that came out with his emails. And now this is not something that's shocking. This is not something that's like, I never saw this coming. It's just that it's here now. You know, we all knew that there was a possibility that this could happen. We all seen rumblings that this could happen. And hell, I think if you have half a pulse and you saw and you read and you realized that there was a football team in D.C., the Washington football team under investigation, and a guy on the West Coast in Las Vegas in John Gruden is the only guy who became a casualty of that investigation, you probably felt like there was a good chance there was going to be some kind of lawsuits anyway, right? Because something just didn't feel right about that situation. So here we are. Uh, it's, it's official like a referee's whistle. Now I'll say this. Don't really know exactly what the end-all, be-all goal is. Like sometimes you see a lawsuit and you say, okay, that guy's trying to get this amount of money or this guy's trying to get his job back or this guy's trying to get this. or try-. I don't really know. The details aren't all out there yet. Uh, Vinny Bonsignor and, and all the folks at the Las Vegas Review-Journal, they put out the, the piece a little earlier. And again, we were sitting at the media session when, when it came out and I saw it on Vinny's uh, Twitter account and he's sitting literally two seats down from me. <laughs> and I just got to look over at him and... You know, hey, here we are. So uh, there's not a whole lot of details about it, just knowing that the lawsuit has been filed. So there you go. We'll obviously get more details as it rolls out. And hell, we might have more details before the show is over. Just know, as of right now, John Gruden is definitely suing 
the NFL, and suing Roger Goodell. So with that being said, I want to lead it into the guest that we have coming up on the show today. In a matter of minutes, about five minutes from now, Daniel Lust, sports attorney. Uh, you can hear him on ESPN. You hear him on Fox. He's on a lot of sports radio shows. We had him on just the other day when uh, Mark Davis was in where was he in New York at the owners' meetings? We had him on just to talk about what Mark Davis had to had to say, and that had to do with the John Gruden email. So uh, I hit him and I said, "Hey, man, I know it's last minute, but is there any way you could just hop on and just kind of give us some details? Uh, you know what you know, what you'll what you're going to be looking for in this situation. You know what 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 we should be looking for." And so he said, "Yeah, no problem. I got you. I got a few minutes. Uh, so at two ten, he's going to hop on and uh, kind of break it down." to the best of his knowledge. And I've seen some people just win. Wendy hit us up on Twitter uh, at R&R 920 AM and was looking for some extra details. And Wendy, we just don't have the extra details just right now. Don't know exactly what he's suing for. We just know that, in fact, there is a lawsuit. So uh, we'll get to Daniel Lust, sports attorney. We'll talk to him in a matter of minutes and get his thoughts and, and what we should be looking for and what most likely uh, the end-all, be-all goal is here for John Gruden. And I saw somebody say, I think maybe it was Andrew Brandt. I'm not sure. I, I saw someone say, uh, I was always wondering if John Gruden reached a settlement, you know, with the team where he basically just takes a lump sum of money and goes away quietly. Guess not. <laughs> and that was basically the gist of his tweet was, well, I guess that wasn't the case because uh, here he is, you know, and, and he's not going away uh, quietly. And, you know, f- for a lot of people, they probably think, and I kind of feel the same way, like, well, maybe he shouldn't go away quietly. Maybe he should, you know, want to reach into the bag and say, hey, wait a minute. Why is my emails the only ones getting looked at? You know, not again, never defending what he said in those emails, because again, that's on him. He did that. But to end up being the only person that got any kind of repercussions from it, it does feel a little odd and a little strange. So again, Daniel Lust, sports attorney, he'll join us at 210 to talk all about that. At 2.30, we always have our weekly check-in with Cassie Soto from the Las Vegas Review-Journal. We'll get her thoughts on, well, what she saw from practice throughout the course of the week, what she's expecting Sunday night football. One of the biggest games probably in Allegiant Stadium history. You got a Sunday night football game. The Raiders have five wins. The Chiefs have five wins. The Raiders are in first place in the AFC West. The Chiefs are currently tied for third place, third or fourth place, whatever, however you want to look at it. This is a big game, Sunday night football. It's going to going to go a long way in determining what this uh what this Raiders season is going to look like so uh we'll get Cassie's thoughts on all things Raiders just you know the the team on the field and her expectations of the team on the field for Sunday and oh by the way what kind of environment she's expected for Allegiant Stadium I cannot wait uh Monday night football against the Ravens was awesome and I think that uh Sunday night football is going to be just as great uh then at three o'clock Raiders president Dan Ventrelli he's going to join the show he's going to uh, talk about everything that's been going on with the team off the field, you know, and just uh, kind of get his thoughts. What's the vibe of the team internally in the building? We'll get his thoughts. Uh, I'm sure he probably won't have anything to say about John Gruden suing the suing the league. I'm sure that that's probably not even something I'm going to bring up because I, I guarantee you right now he's going to say absolutely nothing about it. So it's not even a, 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 a reason to waste my time and waste your time or his time and ask him that question because anytime there's some lawsuits going on, uh, there's going to be very minimal talk. So uh, we'll talk about a lot of things going on with the silver and black. We'll talk about the, the alternative uh, screenings, the ways to get into the game on Sunday. We'll, we'll just talk all things Raiders with uh, President Dan Ventrelli coming up at 3 o'clock, and then we'll close things out with Lee Sterling from ParamountSports.com. He joins us each and every Friday, and uh, he's going to help you find a little money, put a little bit of money in your pocket, and uh, we'll talk about some college football games. We'll talk some NFL games, and 
you know, there's always a UFC card going on, so I'll even find a UFC game or UFC fight, excuse me, to to throw at Lee and see what he got there. So, uh, yeah, we got a lot to get to on today's show. Like I said, in a matter of minutes, we're going to be talking to Dan, Daniel Lust, uh, sport, sports attorney. He's a really good dude. It's always fun to catch up with him. And, uh, of course, Raider Nation, when we have time and, and open lines, I want to hear from you as well at 702-365-9200, Salmon Ash text line 69187, keyword R&R. And I got a couple text messages I'd like to get to real quick. This one says, I bet one thing. I bet one of the big reasons why Gruden is suing is to gain access to the emails and evidence in the case. And that could very well be, that could very well be one of the, the, the major cases and the major reasons. And I, again, wouldn't blame him. I really wouldn't. I refuse to believe in 650,000 emails that John Gruden and his comments that he made about this, that, and the other were the only things that were probably inappropriate. I pretty much refuse to believe that, you know, it's just, it's just not realistic. You know, and so obviously he ended up being the fall guy. I don't know if he was the initial target, but he ended up being the fall guy. And then it seemed like everyone just said, okay, this is over. Nothing to see here anymore. This case is closed when really that shouldn't have been the case. So uh, that's that's uh, that's something that we'll throw at Daniel when we jo- when we get him on the phone line. It'll be in a matter of seconds that we get him on the phone lines. I uh, got a text from Raider J from Sacramento. What's up, Q? What's up, Damon? What's up with this Chiefs commercial on Raider Nation Radio talking about a tailgate and postgame party? Raider Nation, this is our town, and we need not this event ASAP. They want to see this town in red. That's from Raider J in Sacramento. I've had that a lot. I'm glad you said that. And I don't know if we have enough time to get into it because I know I got Daniel coming up, and I don't want to waste his time. I've had this comment a lot. Let me just tell you. One, anyone can buy advertising. And if someone wants to advertise a Chiefs party on a Raiders radio station, one, to me, and I'm just going to be honest, doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But, hey, if that's, what they, if that's where they want to spend their money, I'm not mad at them. You know, it, it just it, it kind of is what it is. Two, it's also a digital commercial. So if you're streaming, you hear the commercial. If you're here locally, you don't hear it. So I'll get back to that later. But Raider J, thank you for that. And again, like I said, I've had that comment. I've had that tweet. I've had that text a bazillion times. So just kind of wanted to quickly address that. Now, as promised, on the phone line, sports attorney Daniel Lust joins the show. And, Daniel, thank you so much for your time. Appreciate you just, you know, making some time at the last second for me because, well, this uh, this news about John Gruden and him suing the league rolled out. And we all knew it was a possibility. We knew there was something that could happen. But uh, how surprised or how surprised were you not when you found out that uh, he indeed was going to sue the league? Well, when this first happened, Q, and it's a pleasure, pleasure coming on, uh, of course, listen, emergency news, this is a big story, not just for Raider Nation, but for all the NFL, which uh, I'll, I'll get into. But uh, honestly, you know, when the, when the news first broke of the, of the leaked emails, you had a feeling this could happen. And then, you know, recently, as, Q, as you know, there was a settlement reached between John Gruden and Mark Davis uh, and the Raiders. There was no reports one way or the other as to whether the NFL was involved in that settlement agreement. So you had people in our sports law community saying, uh, you know, it makes sense that Davis would not want to settle with Gruden and, unless he got the NFL as part of that settlement. Maybe he's helping out his brethren, right? Because, you know, every owner's maybe looking out for the NFL. And then, you know, sports law historians know, and obviously Raiders fans know, Al Davis, right, you know, father of Mark Davis, has sued the NFL before. So maybe he's out here and he's not going to do any favors for the NFL, and maybe that settlement agreement is not going to have the NFL in it. So, you know, in a sense, we, we knew this was possible. But up until right now, I don't think anybody knew that John Gruden had not settled with the NFL. So uh, that, that tells you all you need to know, that Mark Davis um, basically allowed the NFL to get sued because he didn't put them as part of that agreement, right? Uh, where imagine uh, Gruden was going to get paid some portion of that $100 million that was left on his contract. 
that was the leverage that uh, the NFL and Davis maybe had to avoid this lawsuit. And, uh, you know, uh, for whatever reason, Davis didn't want the NFL as part of it. So uh, th- I think that's part of the story here. Yeah, no, it definitely is a great part of the story. And that just kind of goes back to the fact that I believe last time we talked to you, Mark Davis was at the owners' meetings and said he would have liked to seen, you know, some of that information come out, some of those emails roll out. It almost feels like without really being the guy involved in the lawsuit, it almost feels like he's involved as well as, as far as like, hey, yeah, I need some more information as well. He, that's the right way to read it, right? He's not directly the plaintiff in this lawsuit, um, you know, but there's a world, right, where he's just as angry as Gruden is because he lost his coach from this whole saga. So, yeah, I mean, he's, I, I don't, I don't think this lawsuit happens if Mark Davis doesn't want it to happen, put it that way. Right. I, I, I do feel strongly about that. Um, you know, and, and then, uh, you know, at, at the end of the day, right, this has tentacles around the NFL. Keep in mind, right, that Congress is looking at Washington right now because of this email leak so you know Gruden's going to go after these emails he's going to want to see copies of them he's going to want to see what else was in the 650,000 and how it's conceivable how it's even possible that he's the only one that that's leaked I mean obviously now we've had a couple people Jeff Pash general counsel of the NFL he had some emails leaked and Bruce Allen uh Washington football team president um but Gruden was the first fall guy in all of this so I, I think Gruden's attorney if you just read his statement he, he's looking he wants to see all of the emails now it feels to me, Dan, that we're about to find out what the pecking order is and what the food chain is in the NFL. Who matters the most and who doesn't? Because I feel like the ones that don't matter the most, the guys that are on the lower level of this food chain, all of a sudden their names are going to start rolling out pretty quick, fast, and in a hurry. I think so, you know, on, on, on two levels, really, right? Um, I, I still think there's other bad emails in here. Just use common sense for a second. Like mm-hmm. I, we saw maybe uh, portions of 20 Gruden emails out of 650,000. You're not going to convince anyone that there are no other bad emails in there. So that's number one, right? Who are they trying to protect by not releasing these emails? And then two, right, Mark Davis is essentially putting his foot down, and he's saying, you know, uh, I'm, I'm okay with the NFL getting sued here, right? I didn't, I didn't put them as part of my settlement agreement. And you have to think long-term, right? I, we, don't, we don't know one way or the other if the NFL actually leaked these emails, right? There's right. certainly a world where someone at the law firm that was investigating Washington football team, that they were the ones actually buying the league, but uh, I think Gruden's got a good faith basis for thinking it was the NFL. It's certainly, right, how many people could it be? It could be the NFL, maybe Washington football team, whose emails they were, and the law firm, right? You, you pick your poison. There's one of three people. So, you know, I think Davis is putting his foot down and saying, hey, if this is potentially an NFL leak, um, you know, cue to your point, uh, I think Davis is saying, you know, this is bad precedent, and maybe an owner should stand up to the NFL. So we, we haven't seen an owner sue the NFL in years. Again, that's not exactly what we have here. But if you're reading it as an indirect way that he's going after the NFL, I, I do think that's a fair reading of it. It almost feels like it's one of those, you know, you hear commercials and you see like a club or a party and you say, uh, you know, silent partner. It almost feels like it's a silent partner type event here going on, you know, uh, as far as I'm concerned. And, and Daniel, I had someone hit me up on, on the text line here. Just wanted to ask. You know, what do you think the end-all, be-all goal is? Because right now we don't know a whole lot of information as far as suing for money, suing for, you know, a uh, uh, job, a uh, court hearing. We don't really know all that right now. So what do you think is the is the target? What do you think they're angling at the most in this lawsuit? Well, what's, what's funny is that, you know, Gruden, for better or for worse, and let's just, let's just be, you know, straightforward here, I think Gruden's reputation is not coming back, right? The Agreed. emails are what they are. Mm-hmm. So this is not a, a way to kind of like save face and come back to the NFL. I think Gruden's career uh, with the NFL is, is, well, for all intents and purposes, done. I don't think you can come back from those emails. That said, right, Gruden lost two things here. 
he lost his job with the Raiders. So there's certainly a, a you know, it was supposed to be guaranteed money, right? Or to some extent, $100 million was supposed to be paid over 10, 10, 10 years. So I'm not sure how much Davis paid to him in the buyout, but I think he's probably going to go after the remainder of the money that he's not getting, right? Because for all intents and purposes, he would have coached those 10 years. So he's looking for money. Uh, and then, you know, to, to the caller's point, uh, my reading of it, I, I think he, he wants, uh, you know, the, there's lawsuits that are filed for money, right? You mm-hmm. know, it's, it's totally fine. That's what civil court's for. And then there's lawsuits that are filed for that, you know, that proverbial pint of blood. I think Gruden wants to get to the bottom of this. And, um, you know, that's what lawsuits are designed to do. Discovery is in depositions, um, you know. So he's suing Goodell here. Goodell is a, a primary player in this lawsuit. So. You can uh, take a guess where Gruden has his side fit on. <laughs> right. No doubt about it. We're talking right now with Daniel Lust, Sports Law Lust on Twitter is where you can find him. Sports attorney. You've heard him on ESPN, Fox, and here on Radio Nation Radio 920 as well. My man, DeMond, had a question for you. Yeah, Daniel, you posed the question on Twitter, so I want to ask you, which lawsuit is the NFL more scared of? Is it this John Gruden lawsuit or the St. Louis Rams case for the relocation? <laughs> which one do you think will scare the NFL the most? So, uh, you know, I... I think it's interesting, right? The, to the last point I made about Gruden, the, this lawsuit's scary for the NFL because it's in theory designed to figure out where the bodies are buried. So there's an, an element of, like, you might get behind the scenes here. For the Rams lawsuit, for those that have not been following it, obviously the Rams moved from the city of St. Louis over to Los Angeles. There's a you know, massive lawsuit where legitimately billions of dollars are at stake, and all these owners are, are named in that lawsuit. Um, so that's monetary, right? You're, you're going uh, potentially a $5 billion lawsuit in front of a jury that's made up of St. Louisans. So, you know, it's like home field advantage. So on the one hand, you have money, a lot of money at stake. And owners, you know, certainly they're, they're worried about that. But, you know, they, they've been hit with lawsuits before. Owners, you know, they're businessmen. They, they gain money, they lose money. You know, they, if they lose a billion dollars, honestly, for some of these guys, it's, it's not going to really hurt them. Um, but on the other hand, right, the secrets behind the, behind the scenes of the NFL, we never get to see that. Um, honestly, you know, 50 years of the NFL... Uh, that that stuff doesn't come out, right? Who's who's sending emails to this one and that one? So imagine the fallout that happened with John Gruden. Imagine if there are really bad emails in that six hundred fifty thousand mm-hmm. that that deal with high level NFL executives. Um, we already saw that the NFL, uh, the NFL's general counsel Jeff Pash, was brought into this from an email that was exposed. So I, I think the NFL certainly has more to lose uh, from from this type of a lawsuit. We'll see how far it goes. Certainly, the NFL is going to move to dismiss this. The Rams case is almost at the eve of trial, so that's a case that survived all the motions to dismiss. So if you ask them today, I think they're probably more worried about the Rams case. But if this Gruden case gets all the way to trial, gets all the way to depositions, I think this one has the potential to do a lot more harm. Yeah, it feels like it really does, and I know it's against the NFL and Roger Goodell, but I feel like if you're an owner of any other team or, like you said, a high official, you're kind of a little concerned because you're probably thinking in your mind, like, okay, what did I send to Bruce Allen? What did I send to the Washington football team? Have I put anything out there that maybe I shouldn't have put out there? And you you brought up a good point on, on, on your Twitter account as well that Mark Davis might have to be called to testify in this case if it does get to trial, and that means he'd be testifying against the NFL and the other NFL owners. Owners. And Daniel, that kind of that really draws a line in the sand, man. I mean, it, it's you know, it seems like Mark Davis has kind of been in the same in the same page and and been all I don't want to say chummy, but it been good with the league and the rest of the owners in the league. This could really kind of draw that land a line in the sand again and kind of make it like Al Davis uh, all over again. Yeah, I mean, in theory, uh, you know, I haven't got a chance to review the copy of the complaint. Honestly, this is breaking news, so right. you know, I'm calling you on my my ride home, but. But my understanding of, of the, the gist of these claims here, right, it's something in, in the law called tortious interference with the contract. 
Um, you know, so that's when there's a valid contract between two people, and we'll, we'll say between A and B, and C comes in and, and breaks up the contract, right? So, like here, you know, if the NFL leaked the emails, they are the reasons that this contract had to be broken in some way, shape, or form. So, you know, why Davis is a really pivotal player to this case, if Davis was somehow involved, right, I don't really think Gruden has that much of a lawsuit against the NFL. He would have sued Mark Davis. So Davis had to essentially pick a side here. Is he going to be on the side of Gruden that he thinks this was really unfair, or is he going to be on the side of the NFL that hey, I, I was kind of part of this, so you know I I can't really be involved here. Uh, so again, you know that's that's why I think Davis is really key here. Um, you know uh, the shield is as is only as strong as the the one owner that wants to step out from it. Uh, so I I think that that's another reason why if you, if I'm casting my vote, which which uh, lawsuit are is the NFL most scared of? You know, worst case scenario. I think it's this one, right? David uh, probably knows to some extent what happened here, right? The right. NFL was at least at some point in charge of this Washington football team investigation. I don't know what owners had access to what, but, you know, Gruden is an employee of these 32 NFL owners. If, if Goodell knew something, I, you know, I don't think it's such a stretch to say that the other, other owners either knew about it or, or have, are entitled to know about something that Goodell, one of their employees, knows about, right? He's an employee of the NFL. So, yeah, I, I, Q, to your point, Mark Davis is a central figure in this lawsuit. His name might not be on it, right? But but he's a really big player here. This lawsuit doesn't happen certainly if he doesn't want it to. Yeah, no no doubt about it. And I'm just kind of skimming over some of this. Uh, some of the the lawsuit is 21 pages long, and then there's parts of, of it talking about Goodell uh, being the judge, the jury, and the executioner. How long have we been hearing that? You know that that's coming back now, talking about COVID-19 and different fines that the Raiders have fi- uh, faced uh, uh, last season. So uh, this really feels like, Daniel, this could get real ugly. And, and like you said, it could really be bad for multiple players moving forward, depending on how far this thing goes. So, uh, I mean, again, and I know it's so hard to really say, you know, what your expectations because it's it's so early in this. But, I mean, do you think it's going to get all the way to, to the ugly scent or, or do you think it'll kind of get shut down at some point? Well, let's let, I mean, here's the normal sports playbook, right? I, it's it's pretty clear. And these types of cases, including the St. Louis Rams case that we talked about, these big leagues, be it Major League Baseball, be it the NFL, NBA, they always file this early motion to dismiss to get a case kicked out mm-hmm. for whatever reason, right? They're, they're always going to try to do that. And there's a lot of hurdles that a case would have to survive. The St. Louis Rams case is getting to trial after four years. So this is not, we're not going to be talking about a trial in this case for, for, any, uh, for any time soon. So do I think that John Gruden has a shot here? Uh, I think it's too early to tell, but I do think that Gruden has a real, a colorable argument to get into discovery and to try to get geared toward the truth. Are we going to see these 650,000 emails? No, I think the NFL is going to sign, you know, force any type of um, confidentiality agreement, and they're going to seal the records so no one can see the emails. Um, but I do think Gruden's got a real shot to get the emails and, and make arguments, um, you know, uh, to try why the case should proceed to trial. Will it get there, right? Will Gruden get paid a ton of money? We'll see. And then the other thing, too, right, uh, there's always the option that Gruden settles with the NFL, right? Those guys are made of money. Sometimes right. you know, more of it than not, the NFL will pay to make this kind of stuff go away. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, 99% of cases settle, um, you know, instead of going to trial. We'll see. If the NFL does move to dismiss and get this case kicked out, they're going to do it right away, you know, within the first couple of weeks, months. And then if it survives, right, it's either settlement uh, or trial, right? That's the same deal we're looking at with the St. Louis Rams case. So, yeah, certainly this is uh, this case at its infancy, but I have a feeling, Q, we're going to be talking more about this in the, in the coming weeks and months. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. And before we let you go, my man, DeMond wanted to ask you one more question. Go ahead, do it. 
Speaking of it getting kicked out early, with this being filed in the Clark County District, and you were speaking of the St. Louis Rams case, have they almost have home field advantage because it is in the state of Missouri. Does the fact that it's filed in Nevada, does that maybe play into John Gruden's favor at all? Yeah, yes and no. I mean, there's, there's a, I mean, there's, certainly there are people that are in Nevada that still don't like John Gruden, that saw these emails and, and don't like him. I, I gather to say if you polled the general public, most people don't like John Gruden, right? I think that's fair. In the St. Louis case, everybody loved, you know, it's, it's the city of St. Louis that's the plaintiff in that case. Right. If you are a St. Louisan, you're going to be voting for St. Louis. So uh, it's a little bit different with Gruden. I don't think it's a positive or a negative, but just as we talk, I, I, my understanding is that in Las Vegas, people think very highly of Mark Davis. And if Mark Davis has his seal of approval on the Gruden side, as opposed to the NFL, that's probably going to be helpful to them, I imagine, but not, not in the same sense as quote-unquote home field advantages in, in the St. Louis case. That makes sense, and good question, DeMond. That makes a lot of sense. And, uh, Daniel, great stuff as always. Like I said, man, I really make, uh, appreciate you making some, uh, some, some time for me real quick, fast, in a hurry. It was breaking news, like you mentioned, and uh, you were Johnny on the spot. So I definitely appreciate your time, my man, and this story should, uh, should get really interesting uh, quick, fast, and in a hurry. Yes, no problem. I'm at Sports Law Lust on Twitter, and uh, I'm going to be tweeting about this one all night. The second I get out of my car. <laughs> all right. Well, well, we'll be tweeting at you as well, my man. I do appreciate you. We'll be talking soon. Thanks, Q. Anytime. All right. There he goes. Daniel Lust at Sports Law Lust on Twitter. Like you mentioned, sports attorney does a fantastic job. And uh, this is just like he said in the infamacy. Uh, you know, and I, I don't know all the legal jargon. I don't know all that stuff, but that's why we go to a guy like Daniel uh, to get down to the bottom of it. And again, can't really get all the way to the bottom of it right now, but we can get things started as we did. So much appreciation to him. Coming up next, Cassie Soto from the Las Vegas Review Journal will get her thoughts, what she thinks about the lawsuit, and of course, also what she thinks about the game coming up on Sunday. Because look, there's still a game to be played the Chiefs and the Raiders, Sunday night football, Legion Stadium. We'll find out all that next coming up on Raider Nation Radio 920. Any Oakland Raider fan, Las Vegas Raider fan, stand up. Keep standing. Keep standing. Anybody, anybody who's a fan of the way I played the game of football, you stand up too. Anybody. Keep standing. Don't sit down. Stand up. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. All right, here we go. We're moving right along here on this Friday, Fast and Furious. We already got things kicked off with Daniel Lust, sports attorney, talking all things John Gruden and this email or this uh this lawsuit that comes from the emails after an investigation into the Washington football team. Even if you just say that out loud, it doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? Like Hey, you're going to be investigated. I'm going to investigate this radio station across town, but the guy in this building at this radio station is going to lose their job. Like that, None of that makes any sense. But, you know, again, not defending what was said because obviously what was said was bad. And, uh, yeah, so here we go. It's going to be some kind of story. Right now, though, uh, Cassie Soto from the Las Vegas Review-Journal. She's on the show with us each and every week. We always appreciate her time. And, Cassie, since I started talking about the the lawsuit to John Gruden, how surprised were you or not surprised were you that uh, he, in fact, is suing the league? Can we just have, like, five straight days of no nonsense? (laughs) No. Like, I'm just trying to get my show done and edit it, and boom, big news. Come on, man. Like, what are we doing? Um, I mean, we kind of already, uh, when it all happened, when he did resign, I think there was, like, rumblings that he was going to sue and this and that. But, yeah, seeing the news come out today, 
um, that the 21-page uh, lawsuit has been filed. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I don't think really surprising, but again, it's just it's more unfortunate for the team, just another off-the-field situation that, um, you know, the analysts, when they're covering the Sunday night primetime game, they're going to, you know, talk about the, right. the game. But, oh, hey, by the way, this is also happening for the Raiders. You know, yep. you know when they, like, put the stats up, they put, like, bullet points of everything that's gone wrong. Like, this list, for <laughs> this graphic that they're going to make for the Raiders um, on Sunday is, is going to be a pretty long one. I'm glad you brought that up because you're spot on. They're going to put Gruden resigns. Henry Ruggs, tragic car accident. Damon Arnett waved. Former first-round picks. That's what they'll say. they got to put for, former first-round picks, too. And then exactly. they'll say, Friday, John Gruden, uh, the news comes out about him suing the league. I mean, yeah, you're right. That's exactly what it's going to say. It's yep. not going to say anything about the team being 5-3. and three. It's going to be all about, well, everything that's happened negatively in the last couple of months. Yeah, everything off the field. And even put in the going back to – training camp right oh yeah uh, mark bedane mark right. bedane also yep. resigning on more executives it's just like one bullet point after another bullet point now with this team yeah no you're right and that's exactly what's going to roll out and that's unfortunate because this game is going to be and it's supposed to be a fantastic game sunday night football <laughs> and uh jt has said it i kind of mentioned it as well i feel like cassie i want to get your thoughts this game could be the the biggest game so far in the history of this young Allegiant stadium especially since it has fans on it or in it and it's going to be sunday night football Oh, yeah. I I absolutely agree with that. I think the Ravens game was pretty great, right? The home opener uh, season over with fans finally being able to be in that stadium was obviously a huge deal for the city, um, Las Vegas and the fan base here. But yeah, no, Sunday's game is is going to be wild. And I think um, if you remember last year, do you remember when all those Kansas City fans like came out kind of kind of for no reason? Right. They, They went to the stadium. They they packed a bus and went out there um, and were like, hey, we're here. And it's like, great, now you have to leave. Like, good job. Right. Um, and so, yeah, so I think it's just going to be like a battle of the fan bases, really. I think it's sort of like, I, I mean, it's great TV and great radio for us, right, to be able to hype something like this up. So, yeah, I absolutely think it's going to be a huge game. And, and I think it's going to be pretty telling for the Raiders, too, Q, because like around this time of the season, the mm-hmm. halfway point, we've seen this team collapse time and time again so it'll be interesting to see if they prove that the Giants game was just sort of like a fluke a one-off and they can bounce back on Sunday or if this is going to be the the tale as old as time here where things sort of just go all downhill from here yeah you're absolutely right we're talking with Cassie Soto from the Las Vegas Review Journal here on Unnecessary Roughness Radio Nation Radio 920 you know someone asked me and I'll, I'll ask you the same question how do you know that this team is not that same team that the last few seasons has collapsed in the second half of the season I think it just goes back to seeing and, you know, we're lucky enough to see these guys almost every day at practice. And I was out there um, on Wednesday and yesterday um, and you just see and Quentin Jefferson brought it up like that was one of their best Wednesday practices that they had had in a long time, regardless of everything that was happening off the field. And I think it just goes back to like the energy and and the brotherhood that they say they have on this team. And you see that you can feel that on the field when we're out there um, at Raiders headquarters. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's different because it does all start in the locker room. And we know at the end of last season, there was some drama and it, it never, nobody ever really came out to say if it was true or not, but there were some players yelling at each other that they just gave up on this season. And I don't think I see that happening this year because of how strong, right? They've had to overcome a lot as a team um, this season. So I don't think they, they can allow themselves to be like those previous teams because they have had 
to bond and, and overcome all these just, again, crazy bullet point marks on a, on a graphic sheet now. Right, no doubt. And, and, you know, the thing about it is I, I do feel like this team is different as well, and a lot of it does have to do with that bonding in the locker room. And I don't know if uh, last year's team is, has would have even overcame what the Raiders have overcome so far this season. You know, with all the yeah. issues that they've had, they might have collapsed already just because they just – I don't think that they were uh, joined at the hip that tight. Well, there's been a new addition to the locker room. You were there to see his first day of practice. That's Deshaun Jackson. Uh, obviously, he's a speedster. He's older, but he's a speedster. Been in the league 14 years. Um, I expect him to play on Sunday. I'm sure he'll get a, a handful of snaps. But from what you were able to see at practice, uh, what, what did you see from Deshaun? And, and what do you think he's going to bring to the table? Well, I didn't really. He's kind of on the smaller size. I didn't really realize. Like, I don't know if, <laughs> Right? Like, when I was zooming in, I'm like, man, he's kind of tiny. I mean, granted, he was standing next to Aitman, but, yeah, like, he was on the shorter side. But, I mean, hey, speed is speed, right? So right. it doesn't really matter. But, no, I think he was spinning in um, pretty well. Um, I think I always try to zoom in on, like, the white, on their huddles, the, the position-specific huddles. Right. And they, he was sort of, like, um, a few steps behind everybody else, and the, the wide receivers waited to put their hands up until Jackson made his way to the huddle. So I don't like it's little things like that that mm-hmm. I pick up on that are telling, like are pretty telling. Like they're already including him. He's already right. That was his first practice with the team, and they're already waiting for him to be a part and to be a member of this unit. Um, and yeah, so I think he looked good again that Wednesday practice. Um, we heard that was one of their better practices. We saw, I saw the energy from them. Um, and yeah, I, I do expect him to play. I know Bisaccia said that that they would hopefully get him some action. And again, I think it's just. I don't know a breath of fresh air is the right word to say, but just adding something new for this team to focus on and putting all the other stuff behind them. But now being able to add uh, that somebody that could be a key addition to this offense and something that they needed last week um, versus the Giants. And, and like you said, I think he should be good to go, and it'll be interesting to see what he can add to this team, obviously a veteran um, in the wide receiver room now, what he can add on Sunday. Yeah, he, he could be, you know, a little shot in the arm, you know, a little bit of burst of energy, a little bit of, you know, a burst of fresh air or something that, that is needed. But, again, this locker room is very tight-knit bunch, so uh, I think that they're going to try to find their way and make it happen. And as far as the trigger man, Derek Carr, you know, he, he had – Statistically, he had, I mean, okay numbers last week against the Giants as far as yards go, but we all know that was not a good Derek Carr game. It just ultimately wasn't. How do you see him bouncing back this week? What was kind of the takeaways you took from him uh, when he had his media session earlier this week? Yeah, I mean, I think he owned up to it. He owned up to it right after the game, and then he owned up to it this week that, you know, he put a lot of it on himself, that he had had an off day, and, and it showed, obviously, in the results. Um, I think he he's just the kind of guy that's going to bounce back. Like, he can't – I think you you say it often, right? Like, you can't let a one loss beat you twice. Right. And that can't happen. And, again, in practice this week, like, you just see a different mentality. Um, you see just their body language just seems much more positive. Um, and, like, like you said, they're ready to look ahead. This is a game I, I think that they have to win. I think that they have to go out there and, and again, prove that – Last week was just a fluke. This isn't going to be that mid-season crash um, that we've seen before. And so I think that that does all start with Derek Carr. And I think as he has come into his role as the leader of this team, he is able to take that responsibility and not sort of crumble under the pressure of, hey, like it starts and ends with me pretty much. 
It's funny. I never, I never sign up for the. This is a must win when you mathematically yeah. can still be in it and and still get into the playoffs. But it, it feels like outside of that, outside of mathematically, this does feel like a game that that they they got to win. They got to prove a point, I, yeah. not to us, Cassie, but to them themselves. But to themselves, yeah. I mean, like how. You can't tell me, like, when you lose to a division rival, when the AFC West is shaking up the way it is right now, that everybody has five wins and this could, you know, get 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 you that sixth win um, in the standings. And, and if you lose that, you're like, man, like, that really sucks. <laughs> like, two losses in a row. Like, you know that that gets to these guys. And even right. they say one and oh each week and this and that. But it's like, losing is losing. Like, it's going to sting either way. Mm-hmm. And especially losing to the Chiefs at home. Right. Like, it's just adding more salt, more salt, more salt. So I think for their mentality and, like, their mental well-being for the next couple of weeks, like, they have to win this one for themselves. Right. No, I agree. I agree 100%. Speaking of winning for themselves, I got to ask you this. Uh, Javon Wims or Javon White? Uh, nice little nice little dance <laughs> battle at practice today. And, of course, Javon White's a young man from UNLV. He had his, uh, he had his West Coast moves. And uh, Javon Wims, he had his, well, he had his other moves. So uh, who, who won that battle? <laughs> It's David. It's David. You and I'll be all day. Like, there's no question. No question there. Bias I, I, or not, bias or not, he won that dance battle for sure. Well, I mean, he was he was dancing to too short blow the whistle, so he he got my vote anyway. Just yeah, yeah. just with that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he he had his moves out there, and and I before I let you go, I did want to let you give an update on uh, on on Corgi Dash and, and how it's player, and how it's updated. Don't listen to Demond, but uh, how it's updated and how it's even better than ever. The nice uh, the nice game that you guys have yes yeah, so i almost said the boyfriend again the fiance right right my, my bad hey let me say fiance real quick my fiance yes he updated corgi dash so raider fans out there don't know our, our our um corgi got his own very own game you can download it now in the app store but it was recently updated to have a global leaderboard now so you can go in and compete with damon who has the second place i think right now damon damon you're in score. second are you in second I mean, some would say first. No, are you in second? <laughs> where Where are you? I, I need to know. Where are you at? Second place. That's the first. That's the first place. loser. Yeah. <laughs> first loser. He didn't wait to see that. No. <laughs> so you could you could be the first place loser right now if you hop on and download Corgi Dash, or if you already have it, just make sure it's updated and you can see that that global leaderboard. And also, Damon, I don't know if you noticed this. So there's a control switch that happens to switches your jump to duck. He changed it now to where that doesn't click in until you reach a thousand points. So it made it a little bit easier at the start, but then it does speed up once you once you hit a thousand. People out here, people like me, were out here struggling, and now y'all yeah. making the game easier. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, I earned that I second place months easy. ago. You're still in second place, so I don't know how easy it is. Let's go. Well, he ain't played in months. Like, he, he, he ain't no, played I mean, in a I while. I got that second place. It's hard, man. The game's hard. But I know. I quit it a long time ago. <laughs> I quit after the first day because I couldn't do it. I got frustrated. I'd rather well, do this. You have to try it again. I'm telling you, try it again. It, he made it a little bit easier from the start, but then it does speed up. All right, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna check it out during the commercial break, Cassie. Uh, sure. We'll see what we got. Uh, we'll see how I feel about it at this point because again, once these video games start getting me, man, I quit pretty quick, fast, in a hurry. I know you have a lot going out on uh, Las Vegas Review Journal. I know you guys have been doing a lot of work and you've been putting in a lot of video work and everything. Uh, what do you got coming out? The Raider fans should be on the lookout for. Yeah, yeah, we have our Vegas Nation game days. I'm actually working on it now. It airs at 7.30 p.m. tonight. So you can find that at VegasNation.com or on Review Journal on YouTube. And then we actually have a video out now. Um, our great colleagues, Heidi Fang and Vinny Bonsignor, gave us an update 
about the John Gruden um, lawsuit situation. You can find that at VegasNation.com right now. I like it. I like it. And you can find Cassie on Twitter at underscore Cassie Soto. And uh, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate you as always. And uh, we'll see you Sunday in the press box. Thank you, guys. Download Corgi Dash, everybody. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) There it is right there. Got to get that last plug in. Download Corgi Dash. Go beat DeMond because DeMond, DeMond out there flexing on Twitter. Like, oh, I'm, I'm in first place. I got the highest score. And you only got the highest score. I did at the time. That's what matters. Oh, so at one point. At the time. Okay. All right. When was that? I don't know. It was it was at a point in time. when I <laughs> You don't when remember I tweeted, when you got the highest score? When I tweeted it out, they just put up the boards. Well, when was that? You tweeted out what, yesterday? Yeah, around probably about 7 o'clock I tweeted out. Oh, okay. I'm number one in the world. <laughs> In the world, in, Craig. In the world. Number one in the world, Craig. Sound like you're coming out of Friday. Well, yeah, it is Friday. The there you go. Well, 244 is the time. Yeah, many thanks to me. Cassie Soto. Uh, many thanks to Daniel Lust who joined us in the segment before that. Uh, we got a few more minutes to close out hour number one, and then we're expected to talk to Raider President Dan Vitrelli at the top of the hour. We'll see if he's uh, going to be hitting us right on time or maybe a few minutes after. But either way, uh, we're coming on back. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. We've been going fast and furious here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Daniel Lust started us off around 210, talking all things about John Gruden and his uh, lawsuit against the NFL and the commissioner. And then Cassie Soto joined us in the last segment from the Las Vegas Review-Journal, talking all things Raiders' expectations for Sunday night football against the Chiefs at Allegiant Stadium. And now we want to hear from you coming up in the next hour, Dan Ventrelli. Uh, Raiders president's going to join us, but right now on the phone line, 702-365-9200, got our guy Raider Mike. What's on your mind, Raider Mike? Dude, I'm at uh, McCarran. Oh, nice. Trying to go to Fort Myers, Fort <laughs> Q Myers Beach, and my flight gets canceled last night. Dang. Tried to sleep, sleep on the floor. Cop comes down at 4 a.m., asks for my ticket. I'm like, it got canceled. Well, you need to get a ticket. How am I going to do that now? <laughs> Dude, I've been sleeping on this floor all night. <laughs> Chill out, Vegas cops. Quit doing that sort of thing. Anyway, I got my ticket. I'm going back. Wanted to stay for the game. I wanted to get a beer with you guys. but ex- Well, the stones happened. Right. You know. Right. Spending you too guys much money. gave me the tickets. Well. I was the 92nd caller. There you go. That's what we do. No, no sympathy for the devil there. <laughs> so anyway, guess what? Have you ever seen the Chucky movies? Yeah, the first one. The rest of them were overrated. It don't matter. Chucky's coming back. He's going to come back and kill you, Goodell. He's going to slice your head off now. Uh, okay. All right, that was, yeah. a, that was a little aggressive. Yeah, yeah, I get what he's saying, though. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. also, people sleeping in the airport is an issue. It, well, yeah, it's not, it's not allowed, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've had to do that before. But uh, it was it was in Canton, Ohio. It was not it was not pleasant. Not this last time, but yeah. one before. I remember one time my mother was telling me a story about people who like live in the airport. You know, you can just fake your way through the day, oh, find some more sleep at night. Yeah, yeah. Okay, there you go. That's why they do Ooh, that. Who thunk it? Yeah, I I didn't think about that, <laughs> but I did. I did. I was told in Canton, Ohio, when we got to the airport to to try to head back to Texas, they were like, "Oh, oh you can't get in here already." I'm thinking, huh? Normally you're telling us to get here early. Now you're telling me I got to get here late. <laughs> you don't want me to be late because when I'm late. I'm late. Let's go out to the phone lines one more time and talk to ABA Ivan Davis. What's on your mind, my man? Hey, how's it going? Thanks for taking my call. I know yes, you sir. got a call, so uh, I'll be quick. I'd like to listen to the Kansas City Chiefs uh, press conference to see if I can glean something 
okay from, you know, what the coaches are saying, because generally the coaches will let something spill about what they're doing, but they're real careful. You know, one of the coaches mentioned they was real careful about saying anything Raiders. I guess they know I'm watching. <laughs> but, uh, but, I mean, I picked up something. It was excitement in their voice about playing the Raiders. I think they're banking on the Raiders having an attitude, not an attitude, but, you know, being emotionally down and not making a good adjustment to uh, Henry Ruggs. I think what they're going to do is they're going to double Waller and on third down take away Renfro. Okay, on top of that. So uh, what I think the Raiders should do is go to Renfro early like they did against the Giants. And then go to, I'm not saying go to Waller late, but go to Waller as often as you can. And they got, they got to take a couple of shots deep, okay, in order just to let the Chiefs know that they can stretch the field. But most importantly, I think we're going to win the game on defense. I saw an article that both of their right tackles are injured. I, I, yeah. It's got to be a mistype. No, they're down to the okay, third. They're down to the third string uh, right tackle. Max Crosby's going to have a real big opportunity on Sunday. That's what I'm thinking. Of. I was thinking of that. You know, that the, the coach must be wiping his mouth. Like, man, you know, it's not Sunday yet. You can't salivate right now. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just saying. I can only imagine you get that report. Say, really? Right. The third string? Right. Really? <laughs> Apologize early to him. What I'm about to do to you, man, I apologize. <laughs> right on, man. Thank you for the call. I do appreciate you. Uh, he said you can't wipe your mouth, man, and salivating already. All right. Well, uh, good call. Definitely appreciate you, my man. And, uh, yeah, usually at the at the press conferences, coaches aren't going to give too much away. Uh, I'm sure that they expect a, a Raider team to be fired up, amped up, have a little bit of swagger in their home stadium. I'm sure uh, they're expecting a whole lot of that. But we'll see uh, what they bring to the table when the Chiefs arrive here in Las Vegas and take that field Sunday night. Uh, DeMond, who we got uh, up next to close out the hour? Fargo Raider. Fargo Raider. Welcome back to the show. What's on your mind, my man? Hey, what's up, guys? Chilling. Uh, I actually was calling in with a couple keys to the game. Okay, good. I, I was thinking uh, Mobile Holmes hasn't played this defense yet. You know, he's played the Raiders defense, but it's it's night and day from last season. And he's having a bad year. This D-line is putting in work, and if they can apply pressure and get home, I think they'll force a pick or two. I can see Crosby and Yannick getting in two-piece, either one of them or both. You know, and we got to close up that interior uh, rush lane so he can't scramble up the middle and they can't run the ball. The secondary has to stay disciplined and communicate. They have to capitalize on the errant throws that Mobile Homes is going to have with the wolf pack at the door. I saw a KC fan at the home opener, and I told him, Abram isn't going to bite this time. The Chiefs are going to get swept, in my opinion. I think, and last, my last point on that, Carr needs to bring that mama mentality to his game, bring his A game. He said he wants to be a Raider and bring a Lombardi home and be a Raider for life. Now's the time to take what you want. The division is still ahead. The, the Chiefs, who are supposed to be the kings of the division, are reeling. We need to take advantage of that. He needs to take advantage of that leak of defense. Get Waller a touchdown. Get two, three big plays to Jackson. Get 340 and two TDs, Carr. That's what I'm asking and expecting from you. We got to win. Introduce KC to the Death Star powered by the Black Hole. All right. Good call, Fargo Raider. We appreciate you, my man. And uh, I, I w- I'd like to see Waller more involved. And, and I mean, when I say more involved, I mean bigger, more important catches, you know, 
game game changing catches, just the the big time ones. I mean, he had a monster game that Monday Night Football game, and really uh, until last week, he had had no more than five catches. He had seven catches last week, but I still didn't think any of his big catches were like big time momentum shifters or anything. You know, they weren't any of those uh, game changers. And so I'd like to see him get more involved. And I know defenses are going to take him away. I get it. Other guys got to step up. But at some point, uh, like you said, Fargo Raider, man, you just got to take what you want. And if you want to get the rock to, to Darren Waller, you got to get the rock to Darren Waller and get him more involved. 255 is the time. Come back, kick off hour number two of Unnecessary Roughness. This is Raider Nation Radio 920.